Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Joining us now to talk rugby league is Lavina Good. G'day, Lavina. How you doing? Yeah, g'day, Ricardo. G'day to you and your listeners. I'm great, thanks. Mate, I bet you're great after that Eels performance against the Roosters. What a frustrating side the Eels are to follow. You beat the Storm, you beat the Panthers, you beat up on the Roosters and you go and lose to the Dogs and the Tigers. What's going on? I just lose to the Dogs recently but get annihilated by the Dogs. And after that performance, I just thought to myself, oh, I don't know if the Eels have what it takes. Like, honestly, last week it was just embarrassing, the performance they put out on the rugby league pitch. But the game last night against the Roosters was amazing rugby league. It had a state of origin feel about it with the intensity and defence. And both sides uh, really earned, earned themselves as, you know, being in that top eight position. I know the Roosters are struggling with three losses in a row at the moment. But... Yeah, the Eels are showing a great deal of inconsistency this year, but over the decades, Ricardo, they've showed a great deal of inconsistency to me as a rugby league fan as well. So I'll take the wins when, when they come. I got a bit nervous in the second half, but it was an outstanding game of rugby league and hats off to uh, both sides for providing that much entertainment. It was on the back of the Warriors game, no doubt. We'll have a quick chat about, but it's been a long time since I've turned off the television from rugby league to rugby. In fact, I can't believe the last time that happened and it was happening to me last night. So the Warriors owe me owe me a favour or two because it's been I don't remember the last time ever in my life I've ever done that. No, you're not the only one. There's a few people on, on social media yesterday saying, oh, look, uh, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to watch the Warriors and Super Rugby final? It's like it's not even a contest at the moment, unfortunately. The Warriors just make it too painful. Yeah, it was an ugly, an ugly performance from the Warriors again. And because I watched the games back to back from, you know, the Warriors and Panthers with the Eels and Roosters, there was things that really stood out for me and the intensity in defence for the Roosters and the Eels. You know, there's always three players in a tackle. They're always, you know, pushing that offensive line backwards. They work as a team structurally in defence and, and the Warriors are just guessing defensively what they're doing. They're hoping that they'll, you know, be able to shut down the attackers, you saw Tohu Harris come out of um, the scrum hoping to, you know, a big prop hoping to take down Cleary. And, and they had a set move to make sure Dylan Edwards could come through for a try because they knew a big prop wouldn't be able to shut them down. So there's a lack of intensity in defence for the Warriors that they'll have to address. I agree with the commentators last night. It's awesome the Warriors are coming home. It's been a long time since 2019 that they have been able to play on home turf. And I'm sure that will spruce up their efforts uh, a little bit, but it was the performance so lacklustre and lacking in any form of structure. We talk about the Panthers. A lot of the commentators talk about the Panthers saying that every player knows what they have to do, but it's not like they put it in writing and say, this is what you have to do. This is the performance you have to put in. They understand each other's game. And at the moment in attack, the Warriors don't understand each, each other's game. And I think that will only come on the back of really intense, 
defence, which the Warriors don't have at the moment. And it was evident to me in regards to that game afterwards with the Eels and Roosters. So back to the drawing board, I guess, for the Warriors. Their intention's there. They're, they're putting in a bit of an effort, but their performance is, is lacklustre. And, you know, no one's doing offloads. There's no one supporting the offloads at the moment, and there's no one pushing the opposition back in defence. So it's going to be a hard old slog for the Warriors that have lost seven games in a row. Yeah, it's going to be tough uh, because I thought we'd seen a little bit of a change in Stacey's first game. You know, that first 10, 12 minutes uh, against the Sharks when they went up 12-zip, they were offloading the ball. They were carrying with intent. It looked like they wanted to play for Stacey. Sure, defensively, they were still a bit of a mess, but it looked like, I don't know if turn the corner is the right term, but it certainly looked a lot more positive. Looked like the guys wanted to play for him as opposed to, you know, maybe not wanting to play for Nathan Brown. Yeah, really tricky for the players. They were obviously fully aware that Nathan Brown did not want to come back to uh, Tiaroa and coach, and they knew that a long time before we ever knew or the media pounced on it. So they've known that for for ages, and, you know, that was reflective on their performances, and we're all kind of guessing what's up with the Warriors, what's up with the Warriors. But at the moment, they've still got the roster that looks pretty good on paper, but there, there's no execution for them. The game of rugby league now is so fast and, you know, articulate in what's happening out on the pitch. And it's about position and possession. And they, they don't have good field position at all. And they're lacking position because, you know, they're defending so often that they're so exhausted they don't know what to do with the ball. On the back of that 40-20 from Reese Walsh last night, it was superb. And it's, it, you know, lined things up for a try. So that's where the field position comes in handy. But they're, they're just second-guessing themselves. They're hoping that they will win. You know, six or seven weeks ago, they were hoping to get in the top eight. That's, that was their attitude at the start of the season. Now they're hoping not to pick up the wooden spoon. And if you have a look at the teams beneath them, like the Doggies, who played so good against the Eels last week, and also the Tigers, who will revamp what they're doing out on the rugby league pitch, there's an area of concern there. And now they're playing not to finish at the bottom of the table. So it's almost as though every time you saw a Warriors player, they were looking up at the scoreboard, not looking at the score, Ricardo, but looking at how long there was in the match. And and that's something that they'll have to address because they're not playing for each other, they're not playing for the fans, and, and they're almost kissing this season goodbye. It's still a very, very long season. And we know the Warriors have never finished on the bottom of that table. They're trying to avoid that like anything. But there's no intensity in defence. And the best form of attack is defence. And and when you compared how they played last night to the game with the Roosters and the Eels, there was no comparison whatsoever. No intensity, no rivalry, no support network, no structure. And they're just falling off tackles. And the opposition know exactly what players can't make the tackles. They're not defending, defending on a line at all. So when they're on the try line, it's almost like giving away four or six points. There's... There's so much for them to address as they progress forward and they can almost kiss the season goodbye, but they need to still play with a lot of pride. I saw Sean Johnson's interview after the match. He was very emotional and he looked very, very disturbed as to the performance that they put out there um, last night and it bothered him greatly and I'm sure it bothered a lot of the players but they're playing certainly beneath their ability at the moment. It'll, it'll take someone that says, you know, like with, with the Eels, it took Regan, you know, Gillard, it was him that said, oh, I'll run 250 metres, or Junior Paulo going, I'll make more yards today than I've ever made before in my career, and I'll make more tackles than I've ever made before in my career. Who's doing that 
for the Warriors. Who's standing up going, I've got mana, I'll carry the side through and I will not finish at the bottom of the table. And until we see that person and that team, it's going to be a very long and dreary season for the Warriors and also for us, the fans. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, the Dogs play the Tigers uh, this afternoon at 6 o'clock or this evening at 6 o'clock. If the Dogs win that, the Warriors are 15th. Um, which would probably uh, give a few of them a fright, you would think. Uh, you got to also wonder about recruitment, Lavina, because, you know, Jazz Tavanga's been signed on uh, for, for a few more years. Uh, to, next season, Mitch Barnett comes in from the Knights. Nick Corde comes in from the Eels. We've already got people like Josh Curran and Tohu Harris and uh, Jack Murchie and a bunch of others there as well. Um, it seems like we're, we're overburdened with second rowers, Uh but feels we like we're very light on prop, and you, you know you can kind of see that when you've got Jazz Tavanga as a starting prop in the team at the moment. Uh, but haven't heard much about recruitment on that side of things. They've always they've always missed the big prop. Steve Steve Price goes back to Australia, and they've always struggled. I know Matt Lodge was meant to tick every box, but you know the purchase of him, he came with baggage and an ugly background that I don't know how much culture he was going to bring to the club. I've always felt as though the Warriors missed out on that marquee player, which was either the hooker or the prop. They've always aimed for having that marquee player in that number six or seven role, and that's where they've invested their money and time. Recruitment-wise, it, it doesn't just start this year, eh, Ricardo? We've mm. been talking about it for a long time. It started five years ago, and that's where the Penrith Panthers are doing so well. They're four points clear at the top of the table, but their recruitment policy was set in place more than half a decade ago in preparation, not for last year's grand final, but in fact for this year's grand final, but it's paid dividends. So it's not just about keeping the local players, but it's, it's about making sure that you have that person that can do the hard yards up front. You, you've got to take your hat off to Adam Fanor Blake. I know he's been injured throughout the year, but every single time he dons a jersey or a set of boots, he puts his, his heart on the line and also plays so much for his side and also is such a proud player when it comes to rugby league. But they need that player that's going to run all those yards and make all of those tackles and also take the piss out of the players next to you that aren't making the tackles. Mm. Um, we talk about Josh Curran, and I like him, and I know he scored a good try last night, but he missed two really key tackles, which led him two tries for the Panthers as well. And it takes someone, I guess, that's leading the way in yards and tackles and offloads that says, buddy, you can't afford to do that. For as much as you like to score a try and be that player that picks up on an offload, you also have to shut down the tries as well. I would love to see the Warriors pick up a marquee player that's a number eight or number 10, someone that can carry them through for the next three or four years. doesn't have to be a captain, can be a senior player, but someone who's willing to put their body on the line and say to some of these other players, these are the hard yards that need to be done. And when you've got a couple of those, Ricardo, when you've got those players willing to do that, then they can offload and, and be the entertainers and play a natural game which comes so natural to the Warriors and earns them points. But you have to do the hard yards as well. I didn't see anyone last night from the Warriors doing those hard yards. There was hardly a forward that took the ball up in uh, twice in a set of six. I never saw that in the first half, and I was waiting in the second half to see it. And until you've got that marquee player, that player that's willing to do that, it's, it's, it's a tough road for the Warriors. So it's worth investing some time and energy into leadership, not just for a player out there, but also in terms of coaching and culture. I don't know. Do, do you go to the Melbourne Storm and say to Craig Bellamy, here's your five million, mate. You know, half of it 
to you and I half might go to the, one of the Bromwich boys to come over and spend two years developing culture and also showing these players what it takes to try and be a, a winning team. To be a winning team, you have to do the fundaments of rugby league, which is not drop the ball, play percentage football, so don't make those mistakes, but also shut, shut down the opposition. We saw it with the Eels and the Roosters last night. We have not seen the basics from the Warriors over the past six or seven games, and that's why they keep on losing. Um, they uh, yeah they they have a break now with the international break and they come home and play the Tigers at home which is uh, going to be an interesting uh, a match up um, and probably one that they'd, they'd quite like actually better than having to play the Storm or the Panthers again just yet. Hey, uh, this news has just uh, come out via Fox as well, Levine. Keen to get your thoughts on it as a proud New South Wales fan. Now Jack Whiten has been ruled out of uh, State of Origin two due to COVID, and it looks like Freddie oh. Fittler has also gone. You know what? I've made a few mistakes. Uh, Matt Burton is going to be called in, apparently, and named in the centres of uh, in place of Katoni Staggs. Uh, Talakai from the Sharks is going to be on the bench. Curacao is coming in as well. Also going to be uh, probably part of the bench, but maybe going for a starting role, uh, dueling with, with Damian Cook. Angus Crichton is coming in with Regan Campbell-Gillard and Ryan Madison uh, looking like they're probably going to miss. Your thoughts on those changes? I didn't think Regan Campbell-Gillard had a great game in State of Origin, although I didn't think Nathan Cleary did either. Mm. And I, I tell you what, they're not going to drop him. I love the injection of Coruscant. I really do, because they're kind of emulating what the um, Queensland side did um, with Ben Hunt and Harry Grant. So you have a, a hooker on the bench, and at some stage you might play both of them, either side of the ruck. So not just for the distribution, but the support play to pick up the offload. Like we saw with the Eels last night picking up off lane, you know, the support play was always uh, there with Marnie. So I, I, I appreciate that selection. Um, yeah, I, I, I realise that Freddie um, must think to himself he's got to make, make a few changes and, and bring them in. Um, I'm really pleased with Coruscant coming in. I think that'll provide some spark for the New South Wales side. But when, when I rated every New South Wales player at the end of that game, at, like, I hate Queensland. I, I can't stand them. They make me feel sick. I do not like them winning. But I'm the first to admit they should have won that game, mm. regardless of what anyone said at the end. Or, you know, penalties and didn't get away with it. And there was more points. Bullshit. Like, honestly, Queensland was so much better than New South Wales in game one because they started with intensity, didn't make the mistakes, made the yards and relied on the natural footy to score the try. So it was an almost perfect game from Queensland. I don't actually think they're capable of doing that again, but changes had to be made. Um, Jack Whiten's obviously got the Rona, so he won't be playing. But the injection of Coruscant might just bring that spark that New South Wales needs. But it would be really good for... Uh, uh, we talk about Nathan Cleary and Luai being that you know sensational combination and there's no better in the competition and the best halves going around. They were pedestrian in game one of State of Origin. And it's easy to say when, when the halves play bad, oh, they didn't have any go forward from the forwards and, you know, blame the forwards. The forwards had a good old crack for New South Wales. They, they really did. But the pressure was put on those two key players because there was no one else to go to. And I think that's the opportunity that Coruscant will provide is that when he's out there, there's another opportunity to go to a player that has a kicking game, obviously, but also can be there for the offload and create something special. All the Panthers did last night, it was so basic, provide an opportunity 
where you've got three players on you, you know, and the Warriors never had three players in defence, but they often had two. And when the gap's there, deliver it to someone who's open. It was simple rugby league. And I think that's what New South Wales have to do also. So I'm not surprised by um, the changes. But I also thought Junior Paulo had a horrendous game, New South Wales, that played magnificent last night. So that was his way of saying, pick me, keep me, I need to be there and I will make a difference. But it, it comes down to Freddie Fittler and his ego and who he is willing to pick. But New South Wales will have to up the ante if they've got any chance whatsoever of beating a Queensland side that got everything right in Origin 1. They tick just about every box. Simple rugby league, don't make mistakes, push them back and wait for the opportunity. It was a, a decent effort from Queensland, and I hate to say it, but they deserve to win the game. Mm, yeah, and well, I mean, I can, I can cheer you up. Vina, I can cheer you up by... Go, mate. If, if, in a good place. Yeah, if I, if I look at the ladder, uh, the Roosters and the Sea Eagles are both outside the eight. Yeah, good. Silver tails, mate. They're maggots, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Leave them outside the eight. Yeah, they can't buy a premiership this year, let me tell you. They no, can't they can't. They can't, mate. They'll have the cheese next year. Might be a different story. We'll have to wait and see. But good yeah, stuff, true. mate. He'll be, gearing, he'll be gearing up for the Kiwis, which is quite exciting, eh? Yeah, looking forward to that international break. I am. I'm looking forward to it as well. I see Sean Johnson didn't make it. Um, Dylan Brown got the tick, which is fair enough. He's been playing magnificent for New South, uh, for um, the Parramatta Eels, and I feel as though he's deserved that selection. So there was a few kind of risque choices there, but you've also got a, a tremendous Pong inside, and we always think of Jason Tomalolo. I mean, he's not the only one either. There's a few others, one by the name of Adam Tanua Blake, Tony Stagzul also be in there, Daniel Tupo, who was magnificent last night for the Roosters. Isn't it great to have a winger that can make as many yards as your prop? Mm. And Daniel Tupo does that every time. And in fact, um, Kenny Mamalo used to do that for the Warriors every single game as well. And I was embarrassed thinking, God, it takes a winger to earn more yards than a prop, but you had a player that could do that. And Tonga has that sort of player along with Tavita Pungai. I mean, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. So it'll be really hard going, I think, for the Kiwis. But an exciting proposition for rugby league fans to see the Kiwis don the jersey. For a lot of these players, you know, that don't get that opportunity to play state of origin, this is the pinnacle of their career. And this is something that they've probably looked forward to for most of their lives. There'll be debutants there, including Dylan Edwards, who's got the, the um, nod ahead of Sean Johnson. So it'll be great to see how they go against Tonga. I'm really looking forward to that. I'd hate to pick a winner to be fair, but it's an, an exciting time. And we need to see the Cheese pick up his game. He's not having his best game of footy. He's a bit like Cody Walker for the Bunnies. I watched him on Friday night, and, and the Bunnies were atrocious against the Dragons in that first half. Not just points, not 32-0, but just no effort. And, and it's similar to the Warriors. No, no defensive attack. No one on defence going, you're not going to get through me because I'm bigger, stronger and faster than you and you're not going to humiliate me rather than, oh, I hope I can tackle you and you don't offload. And that's the way the Bunnies have been playing. And, and Cody Walker, who received all those accolades over the last couple of years, certainly hasn't turned up. And I think the Cheese has been playing a little bit like that as well. But I, I reckon that he'll have an absolute blinder in the Test match and I'm looking forward to seeing him play. Yeah, no, it's going to be good, all right. I mean, I think the, the one thing that probably holds the Tongans back a bit is you look through that team, outside backs and centres look great, forward pack looks great, but halves is, once again, probably something that they're, where they're going to struggle. Yeah, well, they're going to play to Tony Stokes at um, 5'8", I think. Are they, do you reckon, or no? Yeah, I've heard a rumour that they might play him in there. Yeah, that's what I've heard as well, that Tony Stags. Yeah. I think Kempe said that he thought yeah. Tony Stags would play at six. 
Yeah, and also uh, Talata Amone from the Dragons might play that number seven. So, but you know what? We used to put so much on that six-seven combination. Like that, war- but the worry is we can't replace Stacey. There's no one to replace Stacey. Oh, all hail Sean Johnson. He's here. Someone to replace Stacey. But that six and seven is no longer a number six and a number seven. It's sixty-seven. They play as a combination. So if they can distribute and get the ball to their outside backs, we saw that with the Titans, in fact, at the weekend. I know they went down to the Sharkies, who were also pedestrian. They did not have their best game. It wasn't the best rugby league I've seen from the Sharkies. But their outside backs, if you feed them the ball and give them an opportunity to attack out wide, they can create so many headaches for so many sides. And, you know, I think with Talakai from the Sharks and Suli from the Dragons, there's a chance. I really do think there's a chance there for this Tongan side to create some headaches uh, for this Kiwi team. It'll be exciting rugby league, and it's just so good to have it back on the test um, calendar and also a great opportunity for everyone in South Auckland to rock on up to Mount Smart Stadium a week before the Warriors come back. I know there was a bit of a ho-ha argument in terms of, hey, how dare the the Kiwis play a week before the Warriors because it's all about getting money for the Warriors and getting them to play. I say bring Rugby League back to South Auckland and reward those fans that have had to put up with a couple of years of atrocious seasons, you know, from the Warriors that are really looking forward to the footy. It's going to be a great game, and I'm really looking forward to watching the Kiwis play against Tonga on Saturday night, mate. Yeah, no, it's going to be good, mate. It's going to be good. Are you making the trek up from uh, from, from South Tauranga? No, I've got, mate, I've got a gig. I've got to work. I've oh. got a different mahi. I'm not working on the rugby league this weekend. I've got different mahi. I'm covering a bit of ping pong. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you a video. I'll oh. send you a video. Sounds yeah. good. I'm also interested in the Kiwi Ferns, though. I'd love to see how they go because I know that they've been through a different recruitment policy and they've got lots of players back from the NRLW as well. So it's a, a fabulous double header. I'm just glad that the footy's happening at um, Mount Smart because those fans have been so loyal. And we talk about it all the time. For as much as we get so frustrated with the Warriors, and last night I was like, oh, damn it, I'm going to check out the rugby because this is frustrating the crap out of me because no one can tackle for the Warriors. You always come back like those fans from South Auckland. And it doesn't matter if the Warriors have lost seven in a row or 14 in a row. Those fans will always be there and they deserve to be rewarded, not just with the Test match this weekend, but with the Warriors home game the following weekend. Yeah, indeed. Good stuff, Lavina. Thanks very much for your time. Go well and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. You too, mate. Take it easy. Love yeah. your show. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thank you. Appreciate it. Lavina, good deal with us. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.